0: If you'd like to listen to Radio Free Brooklyn when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android.
1: You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. It's time to get lost and rewound.
2: Somehow, recording from a basement known only as Fiona's Lair, this is Lost and Rewound, only here on Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Alon, and for the next hour, you are about to be transported into the past, but just how far into the past, you may ask? Well, you'll just have to find out, okay? Every week, with fresh ears, we dive into the rough and raw sounds from our yesteryears as a means to learn a little bit about how we got from there to here. Oh, and we got a real fun one for you this week. You're going to hear a lot of singing this hour, so strap in! But first, a little Johnny Nash. i am joined by sam rosen they are a brooklyn based singer songwriter Hailing from San Mateo, California, Uh, they released their EP, Distracted, last year, just around this time. You may have also caught them over at the Topaz open mic in Bushwick that was hosted by friend of the show and past guest, Kat Rickman, but uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear them out in Bushwick in the before times, let's be real, you have that opportunity right now. Welcome to Lost and Rewound, Sam Rosen.
0: Hi, thank you so much. (laughs)
2: Uh, We were talking before we started recording, Uh, we met actually at Kat Rickman's album release party way, way long ago, it feels like, over at uh, Bushwick Public House.
0: Yeah, in the before times when we were all crammed in a basement with no windows playing music. (laughs) Yes.
2: It's like, when you think about that, when you conceptualize that now, it's like, you want to do nothing of the sort, but back then it was like, you know, that was, that's the way you did it, fucking, you know. We all packing together in a basement and just listening to great music
0: oh yeah no the best music I've heard are in basements or like holes in the walls and places that are so not COVID safe now
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah as somebody who has made their livelihood and uh reputation for such beautiful music played in a live setting how are you coping
0: first of all thank you for that (laughs) because I I think you even hyped my music up even higher than I would um I'm not gonna lie. It was really, really hard. I lost the drive to make music for months, I think, because I realized that the thing that I loved about music was performing in front of people and like feeling that vibe. The last show that I did was like in front of six or seven people. And I was just like, oh, I missed that, you know. So I'm just starting to get back into music now. But that's I think because the rules are getting a little more lax and I'm meeting friends in the park and I'm jamming with people. It's really interesting to find out just how communal music is for me
2: gosh, I mean, I don't know. The fact that an open mic uh, gives you that network, that chance to watch other performers, they watch you. And then all of a sudden you've got like your own little uh, community effectively. It, has everybody been sort of doing what you've been doing, uh, which is to say uh, live streaming your performances on Instagram live? I know for one.
0: Yeah. No, I, I just started doing that more recently. The first, at first, I think I did one live stream. And I was like, Oh, I hate this. and I can't do it anymore. Um, Because there's it's, you know, the reactions are delayed. But that's something that I noticed for sure. Every Friday, Saturday night, I get like, five to 10 Instagram live notifications of different friends of mine who are just like doing their shows.
2: You say because of the rules getting a little more lax, but was there something else that you really accredited getting back into it having that dry spell?
0: Yeah, I think I'd also had like different changes in like my romantic life. I had this like, big old breakup at the beginning of quarantine and and so all I could write was like, I don't know, sad songs and I, it didn't bring me joy anymore. Um, and so I think that's the other thing is that I've been spending so much of the last few months out in the streets with people who give a shit about other people. And that has been so cool that like I can see the community in Brooklyn, just even if we have masks on and we're at protests.
2: The first time you went to a protest amid obviously the worst of circumstances, but mm-hmm. at the very least Knowing that you're going to be around so many people, there must have been just a little bit, you know, apprehension, maybe perhaps, after being inside and locked in for so long. Uh, but you were sharing that same sort of apprehension amongst many other like-minded individuals who were all there for the same reason.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I think things have gotten calmer and safer, and less people get arrested. But that was back when, like, like they were bringing helicopters down to scare us and kick up dust, and it was really, it felt apocalyptic to look around and see people in masks running away from the police. Um, It was so, yes, being that close to people was scary, but it was also just the whole thing felt so scary and the whole thing felt so real. And it was like after months of nothing feeling real, suddenly this is very tangible.
2: Distracted has a lot of themes of the more romantic variety. Would you say that you, because of this breakup, are feeling like you have a more nuanced approach to certain uh, matters of that variety? Or have uh, the social changes that have been occurring amid, you know, a growing Black Lives Matter movement influenced you to try out new themes in your music?
0: Hmm. I continue to write about romantic stuff all the time. And I think every single time I try to sit down and write a political song, I'm always like, I just, I'm like, what can I say that like black people have not said better before? Um, I think that I'm like, there's nothing that I can say on this topic that feels like it's more important to say, but maybe that's also a cop-out because I'm afraid of not having the perfect political song. But yeah, every time I, I write something that's like about what's going on, it just sort of feels, I don't know, like it's not enough.
2: What kind of music did you grow up listening to?
0: Um, oh, I grew up with like a lot of um I, I I had like a Simon and Garfunkel, indigo girls, like very acoustic guitar growing. I don't know if you can see this like huge Andy I, Oh poster. I see it.
1: Oh, oh I was about to say,
2: <laughs> I'm not sure what you were pointing to, but that is a very much an Andy DeFranco poster. Wow. Yes.
0: <laughs> Oh no, I also have the guild, which is, uh, I have this gorgeous old guild archback that I stole from my dad because he used to play and he just kind of stopped. And then I, I picked it up. I didn't realize what a nice guitar it was until I was busking with it. And mm. I broke a string and I walked into this music store, just carrying it by the neck. And I was like, excuse me, can you give me a string? And these guys who are running this tiny little music store, we looking at me and they're like, Do you not have a case for that? That is like a 1950s Guild Archback. Like, I didn't know what it was called. I had no idea.
2: This busking here in New York.
0: This was actually in Oregon, in Ashland, Oregon. But yeah, I I used to busk in New York too. My parents and I would always go up to Ashland, Oregon every year for the Shakespeare Festival. Because I was a huge, huge Shakespeare nerd. It was this adorable little town. And it felt right. So the first time I ever busked was when I was, I think, 16 or 17 on the street. And my mom stood there and took pictures. It felt more <laughs> like a recital that's... than anything else. Oh,
2: my God. No, that's wonderful. Your parents supporting their kids busking. Uh, <laughs> their fir- Kids first busk.
0: Exactly. Kids first busk.
2: <laughs> no, that's super cool. What brought you to do busking in high school? I mean, were you busking even back home?
0: The thing is that I'm from San Mateo, but I'm really like, I knew San Francisco pretty well. And so the buskers that I always saw were like in the city. And in Ashland, folks were busking in a very quiet artsy town. And so I think that it felt less scary to start there. And after that, I was just like oh i get to perform even if i'm not on stage like i get to perform just because like no one has to hand me the mic i just want to do it so i would start busking in and like the bart stations in san francisco and it would just nice. be like enough money to go buy myself a burrito and then like go home but it was just kind of fun for the, the sake of it
2: the real estate of busking it's like you have to get there at a certain time because then someone's like hey this is my spot Oh yeah, no, how often does that happen in San Francisco? I don't no <laughs> idea.
0: Um, the thing is, I didn't have a permit. I, I was not. I was not following the rules. I was a kid. There's one spot in Sixteenth and Mission at the Bart station, and it's perfect. It's like this little corner, and you can get the perfect acoustics. And it's people coming down and opening their wallets anyway because they're getting their card out. Um, and I used to bust there all the time. But if I showed up and someone else was there, I didn't even bother because I didn't know the rules. I just scattered and hid and found a different corner. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's great. You're very cavalier in your, I'm going to get my music out there. Even if it means I got to upset the regulars effectively. I think Um, I
0: was just cocky. I just didn't know better.
2: Okay. So then bring us into uh, your high school, throughout high school. You're known for this. When did you pick up a guitar for the first time? You said your dad was playing guitar, so you clearly were around it for a while.
0: Yeah, my, my dad's a musician. I mean he's not well he has an a cappella group. They're not able to practice right now. Um uh, acapell-
2: wait, excuse me. What what what's the name of this a cappella group?
0: The a cappella group is called Curious Blend. Um,
2: okay. I love <laughs> and- <laughs> it. It's, it sounds like coffee. Just say it.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I think the the picture that they used on their first album was a blender. We always did musicals together and I had piano lessons, but I hated it of course, like everything. I had a girlfriend and she knew how to play guitar. And then when we broke up, I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to learn how to play guitar without you. And then I learned Alanis Morissette specifically, like all of the Jagged Little Pill album by myself and stole that guitar from my dad. And I continue to play it now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so that's the one that's hanging up there in your room. That one. Yeah. That's the
0: one that's hanging up is the one that I learned how to play on.
2: Because when you guys are doing like video chats, he's like, oh, I'm glad that you're uh, you're putting it to good use there.
1: So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think so.
2: It's the quintessential decorative guitar that people look at that and they're like, oh my God, do you see that thing? Like the music store guys. I
1: don't know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Which I, you know, I just don't have a lot of music store guys in my life too. But I have I have friends who will pick that up and go, "Ooh, that just sounds, I can't explain it. It just sounds better. You were heavily
2: involved in theater.
0: Oh yeah. No, I, if you asked a decade ago me, uh, what I was going to be doing, I thought I was going to be a working actor in New York city. I didn't realize music was going to be more of a focus for me.
2: You went to college at Sarah Lawrence and you were doing theater there.
0: Yeah, I was doing theater there. And, but I was, I knew I loved musical theater and they didn't have a musical theater program. They just had music and theater. So I just ended up doing both at the same time. I took this incredible class my freshman year. You were supposed to write a musical. Um, And in that class, I met one of my favorite people in the world and one of my favorite um, collaborators, Graham Garlington. And we still make music now. And we were just told to bring in a new song every single week. So I just started writing music, like actually writing music. It wasn't just being precious anymore. It's just like bringing shit and going, I don't know. I have like some lyrics. Will someone else give me some chords? And then someone else would bring me chords and then someone else would just do harmonies. Love it. I love oh, it. it was it was a jam class. It was just a jam class. And That's then the second so semester we wrote a musical.
2: <laughs> For this edition of Lost and Rewound, you're going to be playing all of these submissions instead of what we normally do, which is playing clips of our past selves. You have prepared and are going to be playing these songs over virtual means. Uh, <laughs> yes. So we're going to be doing. We're trying this out. Uh, in the past, recording uh, through Zoom, music has been a little bit spotty, to say the least, but you've got a pretty righteous setup there, Sam. So I think we're okay.
0: Sweet. Cool. I, yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. I thought, um, I was like, okay, we're just going to do this live, and I didn't know there was an alternative <laughs> until the <laughs> last minute. But I, this is more exciting, I think, because it makes me have to revisit it.
2: So is this first song that we're going to be hearing one of those songs that came out of this songwriting class, or this uh, musical that you were uh, making?
0: Yes. It wasn't for a musical, but it was um, for the, I, I, I had to bring something in. So I brought in this song, but it's a love song, which is, I don't know. It, it got really personal in that class. <laughs> I'm, how, I'm, how
2: revelatory were you?
0: I am very dear diary. Whenever I sit down to write a song, I'm very, uh, very, very honest. And I'm not necessarily that honest about my feelings upfront so I think it's very interesting that I kind of walk in and I'm like hey uh anyway does anyone want to hear this new song and then I just give my whole heart and then walk away like I didn't so
2: do you use uh, it to work through it
0: yeah exactly I mean I was I was telling my therapist this week like I I gotta bring in my songs to therapy because I'm more honest in those than I am when I'm talking like, <laughs> yes yeah,
2: that's actually the way it should be always <laughs> it, like struggling musicians don't have to worry about talking about their feelings they just bring the song and they share it with their therapist and the therapist should consent and agree to listen to it because they'll probably learn a lot
0: exactly yeah
2: what's the name of this song
0: um this song is called roommate
2: first of of a handful of tracks that we'll be hearing this hour i'm very excited this is lost and rewound take it away, Sam. <clears throat>
1: I hope you don't get a new roommate to replace the last one who's on medical leave. I hope you don't get a new roommate because we've already pushed the beds together. I hope you don't get a new roommate because strangers are bad for your anxieties. You know, I'd make a pretty good roommate and we practically already live together. If I pick up toilet paper, have I earned my keep? If I promise to study till 4 a.m., can I sleep here tonight? I'd miss my own.
2: Love it. Yeah. Are you normally the big spoon or uh, normally are the other way around?
0: I'm very, I'm five feet tall. So I'm usually uh, the little spoon, but this person broke a whole lot of my roles. This person was also like a boy person and I don't tend to boy people. Um, But yeah, it's interesting to come back to this one because it's like, I can also see the anxiety in like, okay, but I still need some space from you in it.
2: Were you out to your parents before? Uh, you had moved out east to go to college.
0: Oh yeah. No, I came out super young. I was like very loud. Uh, Me and my partner in high school were like the gay couple. Um, I I was the president and they were the vice president of our like GSA. It was like a whole mess. When I went to college, I, I met a lot of trans folks and I was questioning my own gender. And so I was dating this trans guy. And it turns out that trans men are just like cis men. Um, So I was like, oh, never mind. This is still not my vibe. I think the other thing too is one, I went to a college that was like very, very queer on purpose. But I think also I got there and I was like, cool, I know for a fact that I'm a lesbian. And I'd never really questioned my gender before. And I I got to meet all of these, I think trans folks glom together. I think that people flock together. You know what I mean? Like we just looked for ourselves in each other and kind of helped each other figure out our own gender things. I think actually every friend from college that I'm really close with is trans or at least almost everybody because like those tend to be the folks I grew with and sort of realized oh that's why I wanted to grow with you because you and I have a similar end goal.
2: The the closest I got community uh, was the Rocky Horror Picture Show which I was a part of for three straight Halloweens.
0: Hell yeah oh my god. That's one of those other things I'd love to do with not for COVID.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I miss it a lot. Let's move on to the second track. Uh, I wanna, what, what Is this also freshman year?
0: This one was my junior year of college. So this is 2016. Right. This song is definitely a breakup song, but this is like one of those snapshot songs that I wrote right after a fight. And so like, I had fought with this person. I went back to my room, I wrote the song. I think we broke up the next day. So it's like, also I never touched it again. And I like, I was going through these things for this show and I was like, huh, that's right. I haven't looked at this in a while.
2: <laughs> What's the name?
0: Uh, Scorpio jealous.
2: <laughs> okay, into it. Let's make it happen. Go
0: ahead. All right, cool. Do
2: it.
1: It's fine. If you're jealous, we are Scorpios We're supposed to be jealous I'm sorry I'm not as jealous as we are supposed to be And it's fine if you want me for yourself I just wish you would have said so The first thousand times I'd asked if it was okay to share And it's fine if we don't end up dying together of old age. I just hope that we both die of old age happily. And it's fine if we're still together for a while, just as long as we can accept that it's not what it used to be. I know we're both trying to be brave. Scorpios are always trying to be brave about things we think are harder than the shit we don't actually want to face. And it's fine, well not right now, but it'll be fine maybe after a year if we broke up at this moment as long as we never touch each other again. And it's fine if we don't kids together. I just hope that when we die, we're surrounded by family. And It's fine if we're still together for a while, just as long as we can accept that it will never feel like we like to think it used to be.
2: It feels so unresolved and yet so perfect. And like, uh, I don't know, does you know what I'm saying? Like, it feels like you, you kept writing more, but you kept it like like the listener hanging on a little bit. Mm.
0: Yeah, I, I think that this one is really one of those songs that I, I wrote in one sitting and then never, ever touched again. So it feels unfinished because it is unfinished, you know? Like... <laughs> How often does that happen? How
2: often will you just write something? You may write the music, but then you realize there's nowhere else for this to go. So you just won't look at it again.
0: Oh, all the time. That's part of ADHD. I, I have the amount of baby songs or like I think Anu DeFranco would describe it as zygotes of songs. <laughs> sure, um, <laughs> sure,
2: sure. <laughs> little tiny peas.
0: Yeah, like these like tiny little droplets of songs and I yeah. never ever touch them or I will work on them for a very long time and then never finish them. Um, and I'll keep coming back, but there yeah, I have all these recordings i'll never ever hear again
2: journals like I mean you wrote them in journals
0: yeah, in journals a, a lot of it is is in voice memos actually i'll just like awesome. walk around and sing to myself into like two or three line increments
2: yeah <laughs> that's wonderful that that um uh, instant access to record something uh is really what I think little me probably would have uh, always aspired to having like a tape recorder, which is the impetus for the show uh, is the only reason why there's so much that uh, was recorded in the first place, but having like a bulky tape recorder versus having like one of those little tiny, uh, you know, built-in voice recorders on, Oh, I don't know, a phone. You got to really take advantage of uh, that technology by just the instantaneous, like I have this idea, allow me to record this music. I just notated.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, that was something I, I got to do before I wrote anything else. Like before I ever really wrote a song, I would like record it four or five times on garage band, like into my laptop, like just mm-hmm. singing. It was the weirdest, tinniest sounds, but yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> when that was being recorded, did you put any of that sort of tinniness up and just go for self and not worry about how it may have sounded to somebody else?
0: No, I was, I, I was so, so afraid to re- release my stuff.
2: More of a bedroom producer feel then.
0: Yeah, but I, I was too afraid to, to like even really record it and, and call it done. So I never did anything with it. There were always kind of like, I don't know, the timing would be off. I was always bad at metronomes. Um, so yeah, it, it was not until I actually was more serious about songwriting that I got serious about recording.
2: Let's talk about uh, astrology for a minute. You're a Scorpio?
0: I am a Scorpio.
2: When's your birthday?
0: November 16th.
2: Okay. So birthday is a little over a month from now. On the cusp almost uh, with Sagittarius.
0: Yeah, it is. It's like, uh, I think, what is it? The 21st is Sagittarius?
2: I know that Scorpios, y'all are are very loyal and can Mm -hmm. be a little stubborn, but you care a lot and you're very, very passionate.
0: Oh, very, very passionate. But sometimes it's like, all right, chill out, drama queen. Like, we get it. Like, there's a reason why most of my songs are all these like, ugh, breakup songs. (laughs) Um, you're
2: representing well for your side, though.
0: (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) There's
2: more to come with Sam Rosen, our guest for this week here on Lost and Rewound. This is Radio Free Brooklyn.
0: Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org slash donate.
2: What's this third track we are going to be listening to?
0: Oh, this third track is called In Theory. It's only called In Theory because I wrote it during a music theory class.
2: A music theory class?
0: Yes. That's. This is another one of those, like... Sit down and write it all in one time songs, I guess all, there's a lot of themes of like me having panic attacks in, in college, but <laughs> I uh, was in the middle of a panic attack uh, okay. writing this song instead of paying attention to what I was supposed to be learning. I wrote this, I went to the bathroom, and it was a weird faucet where one faucet brought out cold water, and then there was a separate faucet for hot water yeah, yeah so that's in the old same thing there's, there's t- yeah two faucets, and it was super. Weird, but it calmed me down a little bit To have two different temperatures That I could control, if that makes sense Yeah So that's uh, that's where this song began And then it just sort of became rambling One hand in cold water And the other in hot
1: water My body feels like running And splitting in half one leg is safely swaddled underneath the covers. The other is sacrificed to the monsters who could grab me by the calf. My bed is high up so the monsters can't hide easily but if I'm not looking they have lots of space to live. I like the idea of saving everyone I care about but I'm shaking and I do not have enough care to give. If my clothes my eyes, I might fall backwards out of this chair and out of this class. All the people who love me want to take care of me, but that makes me feel so guilty that the world is kicking my ass. I took my fake bathroom break way too early and now i don't have another excuse to leave please 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 stop talking i am so on edge that i forgot that i It's ironic to write a song in a music theory class instead of paying attention to the rules of music composition. It's ironic to write a song about anxiety when not writing enough is what got me in this stressful position. If I close. so guilty that the world is kicking my ass. I don't like when smells stick to my hands, like dish soap or the smell of guitar strings. But cooking and music make me feel so much calmer. So maybe I should just wear gloves so I can safely do all my favorite things. You don't need gloves to stay in bed watch Netflix, but I get hungry and popcorn gets really buttery, so I'll take off my gloves and I'll get out of bed, and I will be totally fine as long as nobody touches me. So guilty that the world
0: is kicking my ass. Snap the string in the middle of that one.
2: <laughs> oh man, but it was worth it. That was fucking righteous, Sam.
0: Thank you. That one is very, you can tell how much Kimya Dawson I was listening to when I wrote that one.
2: We'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, I know you have to fix your string. Uh, We'll chat a little bit about more of your musical influences. Could you maybe recall the first live show that you went and saw even from like dating back to childhood that really like set you on the course to know like what kind of music Mm. you wanted to make?
0: Um, I know that the first time I was like, I know I want to make music was I saw a Hillary Duff concert. I was, <laughs> oh my God, obsessed with Hillary Duff. I wrote music actually when I was a little kid, very in a Hillary Duff style. I had this one song that I, re- I still remember. I didn't have chords to it or anything, but I was just like, upside down and racing all around. Ends up driving me into the ground. Don't
1: know where I'm going to go, but it's you I'm going to follow. Like, it was very Hillary <laughs> Duffy. <laughs>
0: Girl. <laughs> I think I was in fourth or fifth grade when I wrote that. It's one of those things that I, I sing to myself over and over and over again. Like every time I have a, a moment where I'm like, oh, I'm not even a songwriter. I'm like, I've been a songwriter since I was a baby. And here's the proof, you know?
2: <laughs> That's great. So Hilary Duff, uh, thank you for setting the bar <laughs> high. Okay, I mean, I
0: Placement string, So I might just play okay. without uh, a G string. I do always think it's funny that my G string is the one that pops. I want to see how well that sounds. And if it's not great, then we'll figure it out.
2: If this happened at an open mic, you could just borrow somebody's guitar.
0: Yeah. And listen, I have my own guitars, but uh, my electric doesn't sound very good. And this one doesn't have a pickup.
2: That's fair. As a, any good performer, you have the ability to improvise on the fly if you need to.
0: Yes, I do. <laughs> it just That's- might be uh, five instead of six strings. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, it's that much closer to being an acapella show.
2: Okay, what do you got for us next, Sam?
0: Uh, this one is awesome. This one's weird. It's interesting. I don't know. When did you um, write it? I wrote this song my freshman year. I think this probably is the oldest one out of all of these. It was like very popular with the people I performed it in front of in my class. I don't play it anymore because it's gone through so many different emotional things. It's a very condescending love song. And this person is no longer alive. So it's also very interesting to do that um, and to realize how much i was pretending to push them away when i really really was just in love with them (laughs) so this song is called clarinda and it's based on a poem by afra ben because we had to get gayer um and i sorry who is that afra ben she's like this pre austin but like feminist poet and she has this one poem that's called to the fair clarinda who made love to me imagined more than woman so this song is based on that that you
1: talk reminds me of myself last year. The boy in your walk winks to let me know that he is here. twenty hits the clock and you whisper something into my ear. Some line that I've used before. You don't understand, but open you are willing to learn I won't call you by name girl no that's something you earn behind your fuckboy smile a familiar year for a little bit more clarinda imagined more than women make love to me in the basement of a church we hated testimony to our childhoods corrupted yeah babe kiss me slowly but i probably don't love you so don't wait for me you're not one of mine but i think about you every day we are only part-time Maybe I'm a little too gay for this shit, it's a little bit much, but doesn't scare me away. Does it scare you? You always smell sweet, like gum, or whatever you're smoking. You tell me you love me, then make sure I know that you're joking. Just a couple of juvenile delinquents. Fuck a really great view. Clorinda imagined more than a woman make love to me in the basement of a church we hated. A testimony to our childhoods corrupted, yeah babe, kiss me slowly but I probably don't love you so don't wait. Much to do in this town, but play pool and drive around for hours. We live in the great child. People look for snakes among our flowers, but you're as woman as you are, and no one else has the power to tell you what fits. Your eyes hold all this admiration don't let yourself be fooled you will wake up one morning and realize I was never cool I'm just some college kid and don't remind me you are still in high school but that's about it Clorinda imagined more than a woman make love to me in the basement of a church we hated Testimony to our childhood's corrupted, yeah, babe. Kiss me slowly, but I promise.
2: That was beautiful.
0: Thank you. I, uh, I was 19 when I wrote that, about an 18-year-old. It's very different to be 25 singing about it, like like t- sort of a condescending love song to a high schooler. Um, so I also feel like that song's not allowed to exist anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's not allowed to grow with me. She passed away two years ago, almost exactly. The the anniversary is coming up. So it's also kind of, that's a weird thing too. I don't know. It's weird to be in your 20s and have dated somebody who has died. I think that coming back to this song, I realized that there's a lot of ways in which I didn't do this person justice when she was alive. And that's hard to sort of sit with. But at the same time, it's kind of really freeing to come back to like how innocent my relationship with her felt when it started, if that makes sense.
2: Are you aware of people who have written songs about you? Have you touched somebody that they felt inspired to write about you?
0: I think about that a lot. You do? Um, I okay. do. Because I write a lot of songs about people, but I don't tend to date songwriters. I mean, the few times that I have dated songwriters, I'm pretty sure that they've written songs about me. And then I'm always kind of worried about what those songs are. You know? Are you? I... Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm a Scorpio. I'm not necessarily everybody's favorite ex. I <laughs> <laughs> I have definitely um, broken Ooh, Truth apart. bombs. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I have, I have a lot of people who I've really, you know, loved very deeply who still love me, but mm-hmm. I have plenty of people who, who are not a huge fan of mine, and I'm sure that mm-hmm. they have made art about the anger that they had with me, even if it was temporary. Yeah. In the same way that, that I wrote a lot of mean songs about somebody I love a lot in quarantine, and I don't plan on releasing most of those, you know? Like, I don't plan on doing much with them. It's just, like, I needed to get it out of my system. I think a lot about the way that I affect somebody else and how they remember me and like w- whether or not that's with art that they make or you know with little trinkets that they have left around from me or something.
2: You did this person justice. Uh, she was someone who meant something to you and yeah. uh, you wrote a beautiful song in her memory. You wouldn't be where you are if you weren't making songs that allowed you to be vulnerable, right?
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I love about this podcast about diving through my old stuff is has been really like, Revisiting very, very honest moments with myself in different times and knowing that I knew it was precious at the time that I felt like I had to capture it. It's sort of like a journal entry, but I get to play it whenever I want to.
2: You uh, have a fifth song to play, but uh, you switched guitars. Uh, you yes. were very brave, flying <laughs> off the cuff with uh, no G string on that. And I thought that was a pretty successful. Uh, Stab, if you will. Uh, But now here we are. You have this beautiful blue electric guitar that you are going to rock out now.
0: Yes, I do. Thank you. Um, Yeah, no, this song is called Bite My Tongue. It is a breakup song. And really, the only reason I don't play it anymore is because I hate the tuning and having to go back to it all the time.
2: (laughs) Okay. This was uh, where in uh, your college years?
0: This is uh, sophomore year of college, 2015. I had just gotten out of this like really codependent relationship and it was just kind of a relief. I came into the school year, broke up with this person the first week back, and then freaked out about it, but then was kind of like, oh no, my college experience is not just limited to this one person. (laughs)
1: to me now there's very distinct comfort in not knowing where you are right now an unfamiliar song playing in the background i wish the very best for you that you were ever meant to have i just don't want to be around to
0: give it to you
2: fucking got the best like Ani slash Alanis sort of angry guitar vibes there but the rawness was so palpable and that is a part of you that's like that's how you got to where you are by just allowing yourself to be that vulnerable on paper and just I mean if it's if it's rough it's rough and I mean that's the way it's supposed to be because uh, you are a, a very raw and honest songwriter
0: I appreciate that.
2: Thank you. You have new music.
1: You've
0: have been, new you, music. You've been
2: kind enough to play so much of your old, impressionable college work, uh, which you insist is not at all the kind of music you're making now. As somebody who has heard some of your newer <laughs> music, I, I would agree. What I would love for you to do is just play a new song for myself uh, and whomever might be listening right now to give them a little bit of a listen here to what kind of uh, work you're making now.
0: Hell yeah. Don't. I was recording this song in the first week of March. So I don't know when I will pick up recording this, but I was recording it with a friend and we had like one last thing we needed to do and I don't know when it'll be released. Now this is the guilt. This is the, the guitar that the guitar shop dudes thought were, it was an incredible guitar.
2: Now you are playing a third guitar because the electric guitar as fantastic as it was on the last track cannot do this new song justice
0: yeah no it just can't doesn't really it it, it needs the old boy that's what this guitar's name is the old boy (laughs)
1: trains away and i move to this city to tap into a deeper connection so it feels extra shitty to be starved for genuine affection, and it is so much harder. Selfish self-love As if anyone you didn't want Was someone you were above And now I find myself Ghosting Just to get it over with A baby On the subway is tapping her tiny feet to a beat in my head and she will not stop smiling at me because she has not yet been tied to stare at her feet instead now she is just saying hi she has no idea what impact her eye contact has and I go back to a time I gave a dollar to a homeless man and he just held on to my hand and in those 30 seconds I could tell that he had not been touched so casually so long why is it so normal to ignore someone's humanity in hopes that if they are unhoused it's cause they did something wrong? I find I have more love for the rats on the track than the people on the train who never smile back. But then again, after a long day, I just want to be late. walls are just 14 pieces of paper stuck together with Elmer's glue. So my neighbors crying babies always know If it was not so expensive to stay alive, we would care. If everybody had what they needed to serve.
2: That, that was really, really wonderful. It just Thank you. it just makes me really kind of fucking miss New York yeah. right now
0: no, that's a weird song to sing right now, you know like the the lyrics of like of everyone is constantly touching each other, so we give each other emotional space, and it's like, oh my God <sighs>
2: The visuals in that song are just so beautiful. It's beautiful in the way that somebody wakes up, uh, get a ham and egg and cheese at a deli, and they go <laughs> down and take the F train into Manhattan on a really stinky Monday in August or something. And just yeah.
0: Like- no, it's, uh, it's it's beautiful in all the really like ugly New York ways that like New completely. Yorkers are like I couldn't be I if it were like I need the rats I love the rats on the track like genuinely I really do love standing there when I'm waiting for a train for forever watching the rats just exist and realize like they're the iceberg like we have no idea there is an entire world of rats that exist that we never see there's so much going on in the city we never see.
2: What would you like to plug? if you can tell somebody where to go to learn about you or learn about something that you care for, where would you want to direct them?
0: Mm, um, I would say check out for the Gworls. Gworls is spelled G-W-O-R-L-S. Um, I would say check out the Okra Project. I would say check out, um, oh my God, I wish I knew because there are, there are a lot of Black trans organizations that are doing a lot of important work and they are also in need of money. So direct your attention and your funds in those directions.
2: Oka Project is a good one, um, and uh, it's a good place to start. But uh, absolutely uh, the case that uh, there's only so many to go around and um, never a shortage of organizations that are fighting the good fight that uh, to support. At any rate, you can be found on Instagram. Yes, uh, that's true. And actually there uh, in your information, um, there's a link. It's uh, more.nationbuilder.com.
0: Yeah, so that that one in particular is um, the More Caucus is a group that is fighting to keep schools closed until um, it is safe to reopen. I don't want to say that they have failed because I think that they have done a lot of work, but you know, schools are open now, and so making sure that people are are safe in schools. As a person who works at a public school myself, I'm like invested in that too. So um, yeah. You know what? In general, across the board, y'all, you can check me out on Instagram at SamRosenMusic. I will be posting some music and mostly political things because I think that those are the things that we need to be focusing on right now.
2: You are uh, in the right head space uh, and you are doing amazing work to put that word out there. And um, you are uh, very honest and vulnerable, and those are very endearing qualities. So, thank you so much for sharing those and uh, opening up on this week of Lost and Rewound. Sam Rosen, this week's
0: guest. Thank you so much. I really, really enjoyed it.
2: And there you have it. Another one. As a famous current day philosopher once said, uh, another hour of talk sprinkled, yes, with songs from our youth. And if you, like Sam, have stories to tell and have the aged songs to share as well, well, you are in luck. You could be a guest on Lost and Rewound, just like them. Email and Rewound at radiofreebrooklyn.org. I know, it's a long one listen to past episodes to get a feel for what we're putting down here every week. Our archives can be found all over the web, but if you're not rocking Apple podcasts or too into SoundCloud, that's cool! The handy-dandy megaphone player at our main site features 200-plus episodes for you to peruse and stream at your leisure. If you are listening to us over at our main site, though, you likely already know that. But in case you need a reminder, the hub bub is RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash L-A-R. This has been episode 228 of Lost and Rewound. This is Alon Danziger signing off, telling you that Black Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, and Black Trans Lives Matter. Oh, and also please wear a mask. Stay safe. That's saying I know I will. Bye bye. <laughs> Tell them you're not going to let someone dictate it at all.
0: Yeah, yeah. and vice right, versa.
2: <laughs> sorry.
0: <laughs> oh no, you're fine.
2: Go on, go go on, go on with it. Uh, what was the name of the song again? Sorry. Bite my tongue. Bite my tongue. Yeah. Not something I would ever do.